This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website, unpackingit.com. If you haven't subscribed to our weekday email devotional, it sends out, we send it out Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, you can subscribe for free on unpackingit.com. All right, we got one of our favorite guests on the show today. He's, I think he's been on the most. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'll have to do a count. Uh, but Chris Broussard, he, he's, he's come on almost every year uh, since we started. But uh, we had a really good conversation today. And before we jump into the conversation, I just want to say a few things. So when I have guests on, I... I'm interested in their perspective. I'm interested in their thoughts. I'm interested in, you know, what they have to share with us. And, you know, it doesn't mean that every guest and everything that every guest says, I completely agree with. Um, now, I would say the conversation today, yeah, I, I agree with Chris and, and have known him over the years, and, and so I... I I think we're on the same page with, with most stuff. However, there may have been a couple things that, wait, I don't know where I stand on that. Or I haven't thought about that before. So that's just kind of a general thing when we have guests. And so if you're a regular listener to the podcast, um, I hope that when you listen, you know, you consider, okay, what do I think about that? What does the Bible say about that? Let me think about that a little bit more. Let me unpack that a little bit more. Um, and so the other piece of that is I'm not a politically driven person I you know I try to keep up you know a little bit just to be somewhat in the know but I would say for the most part you know, I'm a sports guy a bible guy a Jesus guy uh those are the things you know that's what I identify as so you can never pin me I'm not I'm never going to be in a box of well this is what Bryce thinks politically or you just you're not going to put me in a box so um so anyway I think the conversation we had with Chris was really good because I think he he has a similar heart that I do where it, it is about being more independent, more in the middle, not so extreme when it comes to, you know, a lot of these these topics in life. And I, I, I always want to go back to the Bible. That's the key for me. I want to be biblically based. And so if I'm talking with someone and, and, and we're agreeing on, hey, we want to be biblically based – all right, now we can have a conversation and, 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 and you know, really get somewhere. So anyway, I, I think you'll love, love you know, what Chris had to say. I just want 
just kind of give you a, a heads up because we just and even Chris was like, oh wow, we got into some deep stuff. So we just we just went there today, and, and he 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 shared a lot of his thoughts. I thought he was very honest and and very yeah, just you know it was it was well said. Uh, but I'm sure some of you listening on on one side or the other, you're like, well, I don't know, I don't know about that. Um, that's fine. That's that's we're we're learning, and ultimately, my whole hope for doing this podcast is we point one another to Jesus, and we stand on the authority of the Bible. That's that's what I I desire. I want us to become more like Jesus, and and that's Chris's message today. Um, he points people to Jesus as well. He's got an awesome ministry called the King Movement, which we'll talk about with him. Um, and so you know Chris Broussard from Fox Sports, and and I'll give him a, a more of a, a bio intro uh, in a little bit. But man, we had him on years ago when he was with ESPN. Now he's been with Fox for a number of years, and. Uh, and, and he's got this event coming up in Charlotte that I'm going to try to get to. Um, it's tough for me on the weekends with my two little daughters. So, um, But this is a, a worthwhile event. that, that, that It's called the King Summit uh, that I'm going to try to get to. The one other thing that we talk about, too, is some of the concerns with the American church. And know this. I love the church, the Big C Church, and I also love the church that I go to, the churches that I used to go to. But I also, because I've been a part of the church, it's just like my own family. I see the, the flaws in my own life. I know who I am. I see the flaws. I, I still love myself. I love my family. I love the church. But I also recognize some of the concerns. And and so Chris and I, you know, we talk a little bit about that, not, not a ton. But just know that going in as well, um, that I'm, I'm for the church and I'm for us evaluating where we stand and where we stand in, in society. And, and again, are we going back to the biblical church and what God is calling us to, to be and, and, and who he's called us to be uh, as, as individuals, but also as the body of Christ, uh, which, is, which is the church. Um, and sometimes that's, that's a complicated thing to wrap our mind around and, and know our role in that, but... Uh, Again, some of these conversations are, are good. They're, they're good for us to think about and, and evaluate ourselves and, and the world. And, and let's, let's continue to grow. Let's continue to, to, to again, follow Jesus and, and, and draw close to him. And he'll change us, give us better understanding and wisdom and discernment, uh, and allow the Holy Spirit to move in us um, as, we, as we do make changes within all these, these kind of different conversations. Um, and, and continuing to, to renew our minds as well, so as, as Roman says. And then the last thing I got to say, because Chris and I, we were just kind of like, we were rolling, we were all, you know, a lot of different directions, and, and so sometimes when you get caught up, you, you say things like, wait, nah, maybe I didn't mean that exactly, or, or oh, let, me, let me clarify. In the Bible, Mary Magdalene, so you, you know the name Mary Magdalene, I think we refer to her in the wrong context. So there, there's some kind of discrepancies on, the stories that we discuss and was that actually Mary Magdalene or was that another woman? She's never named. It's not, it's not clear that that's, that's who, who it is in the story. So anyway, I just wanted to give, give that heads up. We, we say Mary Magdalene, but that may not have been who, who that was in the story. The point that Chris makes, I don't think it matters necessarily um, what he was, what he was trying to speak to. Uh, in regards to the character of Jesus, 
I'm giving you a lot beforehand today. I just want to, I just like to clarify. I like to be transparent. All right. Well, we got that taken care of. Uh, let me also thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. Love having them a part of the podcast. And MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. You can visit metashare.com slash unpacking it and figure out if it's the right fit for, for you and your family. So uh, we'd love for you to, to check that out, uh, metashare.com slash unpacking it. All right, right now, let's jump into one of our favorite guests. It's Chris Broussard. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line, one of our favorite guests, Chris Broussard, co-host of First Things First on FS1 and co-host of The Odd Couple on Fox Sports Radio. He is the founder of The King Movement, and The King Summit is coming up on March 11th through the 13th in the Charlotte area, so right in our neighborhood here at Unpacking It, and they've got a great lineup, some guys that have been a part of Unpacking It over the years, Eugene Robinson, Derwin Gray, plus some of my buddies, Jasper Hall, Colin Pinckney, Stephen Stack. Uh, they'll be speaking as well, and so... Uh, you can go to kingmovement.com, kingmovement.com. Chris, great to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm great, brother. It's always good to be on, man. So uh, I- I'm excited to to be on Unpacking It. I'm All excited right. about our summit coming up, too. Uh, like you said, we got a lot of great speakers. Really, uh, you know, one thing we try to do every year with the summit is it's obviously a lot of fun and fellowship. You know, we typically play basketball. We might even have some rappers or something like that. But we really try to feed brothers, you know, mm-hmm. and um, we we have a corporate prayer uh, on Saturday morning where we pray for 20 minutes at least as a group mm-hmm. about various topics. Um, and we uh, have great workshops not just speakers. We have speakers that deliver messages, but we also have workshops where it's a little more intimate and they're teaching on various topics. So we always really try to put a lot into our summit. And so I think any men that come out will not be disappointed and they'll leave uh, with and inspiration. Oh, that's awesome. And, and what about for you? So you'll you'll be speaking... Do you, do you kind of know what direction you're going with and maybe give us a, a little teaser on, on what you'll speak on? Yeah, I'm speaking Saturday. I'm, I'm delivering the closing message, which will be Saturday at uh, like 3 o'clock, 3 p.m. Okay. Um, I have an idea of where the, I feel the Lord is kind of directing me. I think I'll finalize it tomorrow, but I'm not totally sure yet. Uh, it'll, okay. it'll be something obviously do with strengthening men. But um, I'm not totally sure 100% yet which specific direction the Lord's going to lead me. So what, what is even your process with that? Because I, I, I speak at times, and so I'm always curious, you know, whether it's pastors or speakers, how they right. decide on topics and kind of what their, their process is. What's that for you? Well, I'm just very prayerful, one, uh, about, you know, what the Lord will have me to speak on. 
sometimes if there's a theme uh, of the of a conference, you know, that'll help obviously mm-hmm. kind of direct you. But really, it's just being prayerful and trying to hear from God. I was actually reading the scriptures a few days ago uh, earlier this week, and that's when I felt like the Lord was kind of centering me on scripture um, and one focus. And I kind of jotted some things down. Like it, it was like, like a lot of times that'll happen and the Lord will just kind of start leading me into outlining the message. And so I kind of did that earlier in the week, but I just want to stay in prayer uh, tomorrow to make sure that's exactly where he wants me to go. Confirm it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you you mentioned the word theme for, for a a conference or a summit is, I don't know if that's the case for, for this summit, but I'm just curious, we haven't talked in a year. Has there been a theme for the last year, just even for you personally, anything that's kind of been a common thread or or a a common focus that, that you had? in the last year my theme honestly and it's just not just so much for me personally but the theme that's been really on my heart for the past several years with the body of christ is unity is we are one and that's the theme of the conference is we are one but last year at the summit it was virtual and i delivered a message about you know the body of christ in america unifying uh Obviously, it's a very polarizing time in our country, uh, racially, politically, uh, in so many ways. And I feel like the church is, quote unquote, blowing it Um, Mm. because we're I I, I think I can argue that the the church, the so-called church in America is more divided than the world or at least as at least as divided uh, racially and, and in other ways. And because we're not being salt and light, because Jesus said no kingdom that's divided against itself can stand, I think that we're not being a good witness overall. I'm generalizing, Mm. obviously. Uh, Overall, I don't think the American church is being a good witness. And because of that, uh, like Jesus said, if the salt loses its flavor, it's not good for anything but to be trampled on. And tossed wow. out, and and we are in the process of being trampled on, <laughs> and you can see it, and and thrown out of mainstream American seats. And so that really is my the thing that's really been a focus of mine for years now. Yeah, and I just feel like, you know, I feel like the church does not we we shouldn't unite or try to unite around a left wing or a right wing agenda, but we should unite around a kingdom agenda. That's right. And a kingdom agenda that would include all of the personal moral values that are espoused by, I would say the right. And yet also includes the justice, the compassion um, of that, I think is more espoused by the left. Uh, and hmm. for all the left's uh, faults on other areas. And so I think that's the kingdom agenda. You can't take justice out of the Bible. You can't take Jesus's concern for the poor out of the Bible. It's hmm. very much in there. And I think if we had a more, a, a more, a full gospel, I know people think of the full gospel as involving char- charismatic gifts and things like that. 
But a lot of times I like to think of the full gospel as moral, personal morality and holiness, as well as corporate justice and and equality and things like that. So I think if we if the church could unite on that type of kingdom agenda, then I think mm. we could spark a revival and a spiritual awakening in America. But if we remain, you know, in our silos and as divided as the world and following the world's agenda, whether you right wing Christian or left wing Christian, you're typically following the world's agenda. Um, mm. I think that we're going to continue this path of being pushed out of uh, mainstream society. Wow. There's a lot, lot there to unpack. And I, I appreciate your, your, your heart on that and, and, and speaking, speaking so well about that. So what, what are some steps that you've taken and, and what are, what are steps, you know, people that, that are listening today? And even for me, what, what, what are the, these next steps to help be a part of the, the solution to this, a part of that, that unifying effort? Well, I think I've tried to one, one about my platform is that I do have a wide range of fellowship. So I fellowship with uh, Christians of all races. Uh, I speak at churches ranging from traditional black churches to white evangelical churches to multicultural churches. Uh, every denomination, even Catholic churches. Um, and so that's a wide range. Like a lot of people in the body, even if they fellowship with a diverse group of Christians racially, it still tends to be Christians in their particular strain of Christianity. So you might fellowship mm -hmm. with a bunch of charismatic Christians of different races, but you're that's all you're fellow. You're not really fellowshipping with um Christians that might not be charismatic, you know what I'm saying? Reformed or, or whatever, however you want to define them, um, or vice versa. And so I speak at a, a large di uh, diversity of churches and get the fellowship with Christians and because they want, you know, they want to hear from me because I'm on television and sports and all that stuff. Um, and I've tried to bridge the gap at times um, and speak to both sides, really. Uh, so, so like African-American Christians, as you may know, um, the overwhelming majority tend to vote Democrat. And um, I, I understand they feel they're more welcome in the Democratic Party, hmm. more inclusivity there, more compassion, a little bit more understanding of the plight of African-Americans and more of an embrace of the, the history of this country and the racism and all that stuff. Um, but yet, obviously, there's a lot of values there that go against Christianity. <laughs> and what I say to them is, look, if you, you got a voice, the Democrats can't do anything without the black vote. Mm. And most black True. people, because of our religion, Christianity, and then to be honest, ones that are Muslims, you know, and, and all that, like black people are the most religious people in the country. And with religion comes a lot of uh, social conservatism. And we need to, because we are so necessary for the democratic party, we ought to stand up 
on these values mm. and say we won't go along with certain things. Mm. We, if you want our vote, you're gonna have have to make way for beliefs that are in line with our Christian, you know, beliefs. Uh, mm. And and then on the other side, uh, I've tried to talk with white evangelicals who tend to be Republican and very right wing. And what I see in that is, to be honest, I see Americana. Mm. I see, I see Christ, I see American patriotism, which is not a bad thing that we're you are a patriot, but I see an extremism on it carries that. more weight. Yes, an American patriotism that with sprinklings of Christianity on it. I don't see real Christianity. I see sprinklings of. I see more of a commitment to America and capitalism and the history or the the so-called history, this mythical history of America as this great Christian nation, city on the hill, when that's just not true. And a Mm. person of color, I just don't even know how you would expect us to think that's true. And to be honest, a, a white person too, looking at the true history and how people of color were treated and, and have been up until, you know, today to a certain degree, but certainly overtly mistreated up in, into the 1960s. And so how you can one claim that that was Christianity, what was going on up through 19, the 1960s is ridiculous. Mm. And that's one read. People don't want that um, of all races. And they're saying if that's biblical, that's the biblical Christianity you're pointing to, then we don't want that. And even young evangelicals are running away from that notion. And I try to tell this to white evangelicals, and I'm generalizing, I get that, um, and say, look, like they, the Republican Party or white evangelicals will welcome in African-Americans as long as we are spouting their party line, as long as we are spouting their agenda i want they need to say what is your agenda what are your thoughts because we do agree on some things but what are your thoughts on race on this on that and hear us and listen to us and make that a part of the agenda as well and a lot don't want to hear that they they're so caught up in thinking that you know manifest destiny and everything America did before 1900 was biblical and, and all of that. And that's just why people ain't trying to hear that. Um, Mm. Certainly not people of color, certainly not whites who have read the real history of America and certainly not young white evangelical kids growing up uh, and, and knowing that what's going on and learning about what's going on. And so, I, like I said, I think we as the body of Christ are dropping the ball. And because of that, that's part of why, like I said, we're being pushed to the periphery. But those are some things I'm trying. I try to bring that unity, bring those messages. And, um, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to do. Man. That's not the that's not the purpose of the summit. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, no, but I mean, that's, that's just where I'm, I'm kind of at. There's a group. Uh, called the Ann campaign. It's like a political action, yeah. yeah, group. 
and yeah. it's run by Justin Gibney, who actually is a member of King. But he he started the end campaign before he became a member of King. Uh, representing Christ in the political sphere. And they're about agreeing with the Democrat or Republican Party where it's biblical and lines up with biblical values and being critical of the Democrat and Republican Party where they don't line up with our biblical values and challenging them on that and making mm-hmm. you know our presence as believers felt. And I think that's that's where I'm at as well. And so they they were if you want to kind of get a feel for where I'm at on those views, that's where I'm at. I'm independent. I'm not Democrat or Republican. Um, I think when if you if you are ride or die for either party, you're really going against uh, a lot of biblical values. Um, so you got to vote one way or the other. But I would just say we get, we have to keep Christ first and our biblical values first and be ride or die for the kingdom of God more so than ride or die for the Democrat or Republican party. Amen. Hey, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm independent as well. And I'm, I'm a follower of Jesus. So that's how I want to identify and, um, and want to be under the authority of, of the Bible. And, and so yeah. that's, that's my, my message as well. And I, I want to live a, as a biblical Christian and, and sometimes even that word Christian gets thrown around in the wrong way. And so I, I always try to, yeah, I'm a Christian, but a follower of Jesus right. or kind of explains it better because um, I'm actively following him. And, and so that's, yeah, that's my, my heart and passion as well um, for people to, to know the real Jesus. And, and I didn't mean to Christian. bring such a sobering message <laughs> no, that's, on unpacking hey. it, but you know, it just kind of went that way. Right. <laughs> that, hey, that that's all right. I'm uh I, I, yeah, I don't, I like the tough, the tough conversations and um, I'm, I'm concerned with the American church. And, and, and I, I know that I, cause I grew up in the Christian church, so I've seen it. I've probably been a part of it been part of the problems and, and, and want to be more part of the, the solution as well. Um, but there's a lot of discovery. There's a lot of yeah conversations that just have to be, be had. And, and so, right. but if we keep going back, okay. Are we going back to the Bible? Is that our authority? And it's not the authority of politicians or the latest trends in the culture and all that kind of thing. So um, that's, that's right. I come out, but, but yeah, but no, I appreciate you, uh, you, you sharing about that. Um, well, let, we'll, we'll, we'll ease, we'll ease up a little bit. We'll, we'll talk a little sports for a moment. Um, <laughs> even though that's what you, you, you do all, all day. Um, so I, I'm a Duke fan. So I, I love Zion Williamson. And to me, this is a fascinating situation. And I'm curious your, your thoughts on not just him, but even the response of people, how he's already being declared a bust. And he's 21 years old. And when we saw him play, he was unbelievable. And right. now we're hearing different things. And, you know, J.J. Reddick's comments carried a lot of weight as a Dukey and playing with him with the Pelicans. Um, so, so where, where do you come out on kind of that, that whole situation? Cause to me, we should all be rooting for him to get back out there because there's nobody like him. He's, right. he's exciting to watch. He's fun. He seems, he seems like a very likable guy and now he's getting this, this bad rap, but where do you come? Yeah, out? I, I certainly don't want to label him a bust just yet. It's way too early for that. And as you said, if, if he ends up being a bust, it won't be in your traditional sense. I mean, we know he can oh. play. There's no question yeah. about that. He can be dominant. 
Um, it'll just be because unfortunately his body betrayed him. But what I have always felt about Zion um, is that he needs to lose weight. I'm not alone in that. I know I'm not alone in that. So that's not a revelation, but the torque he plays with the force he plays with the pressure he puts on his joints and on his body. I just don't see it being able to hold up under all that weight. And I'm not a doctor and I've been willing to listen to the doctors and give them the benefit of the doubt. And what the, out of new Orleans, you've always heard, well, we don't want to, you know, they haven't pushed him to really lose a ton of weight. Obviously they don't want him overweight, but they haven't pushed him to actually drop weight because they've looked at it as that's a part of what makes him unique. That's a part of his game being able to overpower people with his size and his weight and yet that type of explosiveness. But that just never seemed wise to me. And again, I'm not a doctor, so I was willing to defer, but clearly it's not working. Okay. And so he's still at 240 pounds or whatever he gets down to will still be powerful. will still be strong and able to overpower guys. So I think that that's has to be the focus is losing weight you've heard charles barkley talk about how he dropped the weight when he uh you know entered the league and obviously he was a very explosive player i've always said that zion is like charles barkley 2.0 you know and um i just hope that he's able to not only play but he's able to play at the level that we've seen before these injuries or or even in the midst of these injuries when he's been able to be on the court because we've seen players come back Derrick Rose, Grant Hill, Penny Hardaway, we could go on and on come back from big time injuries and never be the same. Be a good player who could play in the league and start in the league and even make an all-star team or two. But never what they were before the injury. And and I would hate to see Zion just become, you know, a solid player, you know, have a 10-year career, a solid play, maybe make one all-star team or two, but never be that guy that we've already seen he could be if not for the injury. So that's really my hope. And look, he has to – and I don't know Zion, um, but he has to be committed to that too. He has to, like – be committed to dropping weight if that's what it's called for uh, and committed to doing everything he can to become that great player um, and not get complacent. And so I tell you this though, there's always been these rumblings that he might, you know, be that first young player uh, to come out of the rookie scale deal and reject the long-term contract extension from the team that drafted him and maybe go to New York or somewhere else. Zion Williamson needs to be on the phone right now telling (laughs) the New Orleans Pelicans, I'm ready to sign as soon as the regular season is over and I'm eligible, I'm signing that five-year, $181 million deal. Uh, And then if he wants to leave later on, that can be worked out. But he needs to get that security. I think he'd be crazy if he wouldn't sign this summer. And look, I, I get it that there might be reservations on the Pelican side. True. But I don't know if they have that much 
of a choice because if you don't sign him, if you lose him and he goes somewhere else and becomes what we all hope he can become, that's going to be a horrible look. And so hopefully, you know, he'll be able to play. I'd love to see him stay in New Orleans, but uh, he should definitely be on the phone working that out right now. They're building a good roster there. The McCollum trade seems to be paying off. And so, gosh, you add him to that lineup. They, they got some, some potential there. They have so, some talent for sure. Yep. Yeah. And Ingram's Ingram's a good, good player yep. as well. So, um, and then you know, speaking of, of Zion in that same draft, uh, John Morant is having an unbelievable season. And, and so you tweeted John Morant is the most exciting player to enter the league since Vince and Kobe. So, yes. so pretty, pretty, pretty bold, but what, what have you seen? What makes him kind of stand out amongst the, the rest? Yeah. And I, I guess I have to define exciting because I, I'm not saying he's the best. LeBron James has clearly been the best oh, yeah. Yeah. since Kobe and Vince. Vince came in in 98. So really Kobe 96. So you probably say since Vince, uh, Allen Iverson was before Vince with Kobe. Um, Yeah. With Kobe. And so I think the one, some people have mentioned Derrick Rose. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think you could mention Steph with the long bombs and things, but I'm defining excitement uh, or exciting and electrifying by high flying moves, acrobatic moves in the air, dunking on people, we just saw him dunk on a seven-footer Yakub Pertle, um as a six-two guard. You know, things that's what I'm kind of defining as electric. If you want to yep. define it as long-range shooting, changing the game, then that's Steph clearly. But I would go with Ja Moran. I've been thinking this is not a reaction to what he did the other night. This is I've been thinking about this for weeks uh and months. And I do think he's a little more electrifying than Derrick Rose was. Um, Rose was great and and certainly high flying, but I don't think quite to the extent that Ja is. And so uh, not only, though, is he electrifying, and the most important thing is he's winning. He's leading to winning. For them to be the third seed chasing that second spot in the West is shocking, absolutely. And – if you look at his roster, those are some good players, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson and Dylan Brooks, who's been injured. They got some good players, Steven Adams now. But none of them at this moment are stars and, and even project to be huge stars outside of John Morant. So for him to be doing this uh, with that team, and, and in fairness, they won without him. They're 11-2 and two this year without him. Uh, so it's not just him. But he clearly is the linchpin and the leader of that team. And so that's really what makes it exciting is that not only is he doing all of this tremendous stuff, but he's doing it in wins. And so, of course, that's what's going to lead to you really becoming a superstar is when you win and you do that stuff in the playoffs and in big games. And he looks like he's on that route right now. Yeah, because the average fan's not seeing him every night, so Memphis isn't on TV too right. often. Right, so they so. might think Chris Broussard is out of his mind. For the <laughs> but then when the playoffs come around, they go, oh, yeah, I heard him talking about that. That's right. He's the, he's the real deal. <laughs> well, 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 we'll end on, on this note. So, so again, uh, go to kingmovement.com to find out information about the King Summit coming up March 11th through the 13th here in, in the Charlotte area. Uh, over at uh, Transformation Church. Duran Gray is the pastor there. 
uh, Eugene Robinson. Of course, people in the, in the Charlotte area know him well. And, and so it's going to be a great event. Chris will be speaking a, as well. Um, but, but as far as t- today's man and now 2022, what, what, what's maybe your biggest, biggest concern with, with today's culture and, and the man, the, the man today that, so you're doing this men's conference summit to get guys together. Um, just kind of that overriding thought concern right. you can share with us today. Well, well, what we push in the King movement is biblical manhood. Amen. You know, um, I think, and again, I, I go back, one of our members, Justin Gibney from the Ann campaign, he has a great quote. He said, not toxic masculinity, not effeminization. We don't want to be like, we're not pushing toxic masculinity or, or effeminization. We're trying to be like Jesus. Amen. You know, and that's really what we're trying to be like. And obviously there are a lot of confusing messages coming in from the culture today about manhood. Uh, what is, isn't manhood. Um, and, and we do believe, you know, I think it's clearly biblical that there are uh, major differences, obviously, between men and women, and even to, at times roles. Not always, but at times the roles are different for men and women. And so we're just trying to be faithful to the word and trying to be biblical men um, who will protect and provide for their families, uh, who are the priests of their homes, and um, if the society doesn't like it or doesn't agree with it, then so be it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's one thing that we as Christians need to wrap our hand, minds around. Know what we signed up for when we gave our life to Christ. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've been in a society that's been nominally Christian. I don't say America's been a Christian nation because... Obviously, a lot of unchristian and unbiblical things have gone on, but it's certainly been nominally Christian, right? It's fair. And so because it's been nominally Christian, when you identify as a Christian, you haven't historically always caught a lot of pushback. Um, I mean, African-Americans have caught pushback for being black, not for being Christian, you know, um, pushback to say the least. But um, nowadays, you may actually, and going forward, you might, hopefully not, hopefully we'll be able to have a revival to some degree at least and have uh, a place for us within this society. But uh, it's possible that you, we may start getting major pushback just for being a Christian and That's believing right. in Christian values and beliefs and, and uh, practices and family structures and things like that. And if that comes, if that ends up being the case, then so be it. That's right. That has to be our attitude. You know, I know what I signed up for when I decided to follow Jesus Christ. You know, I know I wasn't signed up to be popular. I wasn't (laughs) signed up to, you know, to, to be accepted by the world. You know, I was going against the world. I'm, I'm radical. I'm, I'm rebelling against the world systems. And, um, Again, hopefully that doesn't become the case. But if it does, Jesus said, if they hated me, they're going to hate you. So know what you signed up for as a believer. Know that you are identifying with Jesus Christ no matter what, you know. 
And so uh, that's what I would say to our brothers out there. Um, Jesus first, biblical manhood first. And, and I do think we, you know, there are some good, like compassion um, is, is very important. Um, sometimes things can go too far. Some, some things are toxic. Um, but Jesus was like, here's what Jesus, who Jesus was. Jesus was the dude that was a carpenter. Yep. That was tough. Yep. That was a part of an oppressed group. Mm. The Jews under the Romans in the Roman empire, who was a man who, uh, when he saw something wrong, he, he, he went into the temple and threw out the money changers, premeditated, wrapping up his, the whip, getting the whip, knowing these dudes are making money and I'm about to go in there and throw them out. Flip the table. Get mad. They might jump bad. I got to have this whip with me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was that dude that that would stand up to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and go toe to toe with them. Right. And call people out. Brood of vipers, whitewashed sepulchers. And yet he also was the guy that had compassion that wept when his friend Lazarus died. He was a guy that looked at the multitudes and looked at the dysfunction and looked at the poverty and looked at the, you know, just stuff that was going on in his culture and his society and the wrong that was happening and had compassion on the multitudes and felt for them Mm. and always was there for, I mean, Mary Magdalene was the prostitute. He didn't judge her. He loved her even though she was doing wrong. And then once he loved her and she fell in love with him, what'd he say? Go and sin no more. So, you know, like there's that balance of masculinity and compassion. And that's a part of masculinity. And so that's what G that's who Jesus was. And that's who we're trying to be. He wasn't just full of compassion and do whatever you want. And I love you. and And he wasn't just hardcore. This is the way it has to be. He was a mix of both speaking the truth in love is that's what right. Jesus was. And that's what we try to be in the King movement. There you go. No, that that's awesome. Um, well, I, I guess I don't know if you meant this, but he definitely said, this is the way. So he, he stood by the, the truth, but Absolutely. it wasn't, but, but I get what you're, you're speaking saying. the truth in yeah. love, you yes. know? And like exactly. I said, he told Mary, my people forget that part. He told Mary Magdalene, go and sin no more. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he didn't just forgive her and say, you know, I'm not going to let these dudes stone you or whatever. He wasn't condoning what she was doing. That's right. He was saying, don't, don't do that anymore, but I'm going to love on you because I know you're broken. That's right. And that's why you were doing what you were doing. But now yep. that you met me, go and sin no more. Boom. I love it. Yeah, the characteristic I've been focusing on or trying to is the word gentle, that Jesus was gentle. Um, and sometimes I'm too aggressive in, in life right. and wanting to push things forward. And there's, there's and so he was both because it's a time, was, uh, yeah. like, like Ecclesiastes tells us, there's a time for everything. That's right. That's right. So at times he was gentle and loving and compassionate. And at times he was hardcore. 
There you go. <laughs> no, that's good. So I, so, well, I, I, so I'm trying to get, yeah, more like him in, in both areas. So we uh, need that look. hardcore stuff too. Don't, that's don't, right. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm not gonna lose, I'm not gonna lose it. Right. I don't think that's the concern. Plus, my daughters, they're they're making me more gentle as well. So that helps. Right. But, that, that's the truth. <laughs> but, uh, but Chris, well, man, great having you on, and and encourage everybody to check out King Movement. Dot com if you're in the charlotte area and you can make it work on uh march 11th 12th 13th check it out and uh always great catching up with you keep up the great work fox sports radio the odd couple and first things first on fs1 in the mornings uh so uh thanks so much chris all right my man thanks for having me peace all right i'll see you there's chris broussard joining us here on the metashare guest line sharing the personal side of sports this is unpacking it with bryce johnson And we're back in the Unpacking the Studio. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It, it was it was pretty deep. There were a lot of lot of good, you know, eye opening, thought provoking things to unpack. And so I hope that that you're willing to to unpack uh, a lot of that today. the The one part I want to hit home as we as we wrap up, above all, you know, we, we want to point people to Jesus. And like I said at the beginning, and what Chris brings up in regards to what is it going to look like moving forward, being a follower of Jesus in this culture, it, 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 has, it already is in some ways getting a lot harder. And to his point about, yeah, being a nominal Christian, you know, for a long time, people, oh, yeah, I go to church here, go there. But that's, that's not necessarily the case anymore where there, there is a difference and it's because and that separation is becoming more and more. All right, who's really following Jesus? And if you're going to step out and stand up and be a light and be different and pursue holiness and stand on biblical truth, it's not going to be as convenient. And and so Chris used the, the phrase no matter what. And will we follow Jesus no matter what? And that's that's a that's a big question for us to to hopefully answer. Yes, absolutely. I'm in. I'm all in. I I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, no matter what comes. But it's one thing to say that, and then when the challenges come, when the persecution comes, when the when, you know jobs are on the line, relationships are on the line, a lot of different things can pop up. And we don't even we don't even know what's what's coming in the future. So that's why we've got to we got to decide: are we and count the cost and, and understand what Jesus is calling us into as we follow Him, and and will we continue to do that no matter what? All right, all right, Jesus, whatever what, you want me to go this way, I'm in. You want me to stand up in this moment? I'm, I'm I will. This is what Your Word says. I believe it to be true. So this is what I'm going to stand on. And I'm going to continue to to remain under your authority. Um, I've been reading you know, biblical stories to my daughter, Maddie, and you know, the Daniel in the lion's den is a great story. It's a really great story because Daniel had the courage. He, he, he followed God. He prayed to God, even when it cost him, even when it meant uh, uh, the punishment of being thrown in the lion's den. But he wasn't, he wasn't going to stop. He was going to continue to pray to, to God. And so he gets thrown into the lion's den, and God, who's all-powerful, closed the, the mouths of lions. And I absolutely, I absolutely believe that story. 
Um, and so I believe as we are faithful to him, uh, he's he's going to deliver, and he'll he'll take care of us uh, as he sees fit. But it's up to us to hey, I'm I'm in no matter what. I'm in no matter what. So uh, I love that. So I appreciate Chris. Appreciate his heart. Appreciate his desire for unity. And and we need that. We need that within different denominations, different different races, and Southerners, Southerners, Northerns, Northerners. Can't even say that. Uh, Southerners, Northerners, you name it. Let's. Let's let's seek seek reconciliation and, and unity uh, on the basis of Jesus. That that's the unifying factor. That's that's the only way we get on the same page. Is if we say, "Yeah, I'm with Jesus." All right, yet yeah, you were with him. All right, me too. Me too. Where are we going? Where's he taking us? So that's that's pretty cool stuff. So great conversation. Appreciate Chris. Fun to get him uh, in this setting because we see him on TV and hear him on the radio. Uh, but fun to have him on the podcast. So uh, appreciate him and his support over the years to uh, to always be willing to come on. He's been awesome. So thanks for listening. Thanks to you for being a great listener. We'd love to hear from you. Shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.